0: Our body has all the information that it needs to know when we know it. And so if you don't know an answer or a path, it's about relinquishing the control that we have and the ego attachment that we have to that need for the answer right now and allowing the answers to, the re- to reveal itself. Welcome to the Find Your Voice
1: podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I talk to writer, healer, and breathwork coach, Jenna Reese. Now, if you're already wondering to yourself, what on earth is a breathwork coach, then you're in exactly the right place. I'm so excited to introduce you to this practice that can have a dramatic impact on your physical healing, your emotional healing, and of course, because we're on the Find Your Voice podcast, it can have a dramatic impact on your writing practice. Jenna and I met for the first time when I was speaking at a conference not too long ago, and I was about to tell a really sensitive. Super personal story that I had never told from stage before. Now, I always get nervous when I speak on stage, but this time I was even more nervous than usual because I knew I needed to tell this story, and yet it felt like a huge, huge risk for me. So, right before I'm getting ready to go up on stage, I turned to Jenna, who I had just met literally moments before this, and I gave her that kind of wide eyed look that you have, you know, like the deer in headlights look when you're about to do something you really don't want to do. <laughs> Jenna thankfully interpreted my look of distress and she turned me to her, physically turned me toward her. And then she talked me through a breathing exercise that not only slowed my heart rate, it also calmed my nerves and it allowed me to go up on stage and do exactly what I had come there to do. This was my first introduction to breathwork. And even though there's so much more to breathwork than this, it's a really great starting place because it reminds us that We have the power inside of us, literally through our own breath, to create a change in our minds, a change in our bodies, and even to get unstuck in our writing, again, simply by using the power of our own breath. If you're feeling skeptical, I'm so excited for you to listen to today's episode. As far as the so much more to breath work, I'm going to let Jenna get into that on the show today, but you're going to love this one. It's going to blow your mind, and I can't wait to get started. So here we go. Welcome, Jenna Reese. Hi, Allie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this interview. It's been a while since I've been this excited for an interview. I feel like we have so much to talk about. Oh, my goodness.
0: I feel the exact same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to start off by asking the question that we ask everybody that we interview, which is, mm-hmm. what does it mean to you to find
0: your voice? Mm. So find your voice to me has so many meanings. But I, you know, the two big ones that come up is speaking up and speaking your truth. And it's interesting, too, because I think with every big question like this, the answers evolve. And so when I first thought about this, I had a very different answer. But when I sat down this morning with it, um, more came through. And and I'll really say it. it started with it means you know, using your voice. It means using your voice to voice your own needs, your wants, your desires. It means letting that be a powerful place to start. If you're you're not used to voicing your needs and your truth, that that is you know more than enough and absolutely a powerful place to start. But I also think it it can evolve, and that it means you know speaking up. and And I think that for for people who have started to find their voice and understand what it means to speak their own truth, I think it also means you know talking about subjects that are not always comfortable, it means pushing your own boundaries, right? Like your boundaries that really pushing yourself, like just up enough to that point of where you're still feeling held in love. Maybe you're feeling a little uncomfortable, but you're speaking up about what feels important to you. And so I think this find your voice holds those two different meanings, really speaking up and finding your truth and voicing your truth. I love that.
1: I love it because it leads really nicely into one of the things I want to talk to you about today, mm-hmm. which is breath work. I also want to talk to you about writing and the book that you're working on, but I want to save that for the end because I have been so personally impacted by the work that you do mm-hmm. using breath. And it's such a beautiful pair to the act of writing. In fact, I think a lot of times what keeps people from finding their voice or using their voice, just like you're talking about speaking their truth, is they don't even know what their truth is. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the truth is almost like beyond words or below words or however you want to talk about that. And that's what Breathwork has done for me is it's helped me to really – get out of my head, the Mm -hmm. place where we think we know what we think or feel about a thing and really drop me into my body where you find the truth. Mm -hmm. I'd love to spend a good chunk of time talking about breathwork and just, and gleaning from your expertise because you have so much to offer here. I'm imagining that there's a whole bunch of people listening who don't even really know what you mean when you say breathwork? So, could you yeah. just give us like an intro to that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Breathwork is, well, there's a whole different, you know, there's a list. You could do a Google search as to what breathwork is, and there's a whole different list of different types of breathwork, different styles. And I've tried, you know, a handful of them, certainly not all of them. And it can mean a lot of different things. When I use the word breathwork, it's specific to a technique, a pranayama breathwork technique, which is a two step active breathing technique aimed at moving energy in the body out of all of the breathwork forms, it's a much more passive, uh, not passive, let's say the word feminine. It's a much softer, um, gentler form of breath practice, which is really aimed at in moving that energy from your body. It's aimed at opening your heart and letting your, you drop back into that place of heart, which is what you experience getting out of your head and coming to to life, coming back to the center point of of love of your heart. So this breathwork technique specifically is a two-step breathing technique, and it, it can go in a lot of different ways for people. It can have a lot of different impacts. Everyone's journey is very individualized um, and very different. And so the work that I, I do with breathwork is I, I like to pair it with in what I call intuitive coaching. And so we you know sit down and we talk about what's showing up for you, maybe where you're feeling a little stuck, where you're feeling uncomfortable. Uh, I don't necessarily love the word blocked, but sometimes that is the question, you know, where are we feeling blocked? And using that, using my intuition to tap into where I'm feeling from you, you could use a little bit of support around unsticking from that energy or, mm-hmm. or moving through that energy. And so we'll start with a talking portion. But one of the things I love about breathwork so much is that it goes beyond words. And so I pair the intuitive, talking, intuitive coaching with meditations so we'll we'll drop into our bodies in a traditional meditation sense and then we'll lay down to actually breathe and to use the breathwork practice which you know once you've started to engage with and touch some of that energy it often that's what it really needs in order to dissipate be released or even just move through it and bring it to the surface so that you can move through it and so we'll lay down into breathwork in order to allow for that process to happen in the way that is right for you hmm.
1: Well, and I want to add to to share a little bit of my personal experience so that mm-hmm. just to demystify, I think sometimes when people hear like stuck energy and how we move energy, it sounds like this really woo-woo thing. Mm-hmm. And it's actually very scientific. I'm sure you know even more of a science than I do, but you have helped me so much to move. I would call it stuck energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a better way to describe it, but energy that is stuck, old energy that's stuck mm-hmm. in my body. And by that, what I really mean is just like, you know you have a life experience that kind of imprints mm-hmm. in you a feeling about yourself or your place in the world or ideas about how the world works that are really subconscious they're not like it's not like i'm sitting around right. thinking about them but they're they're imprinted in my body and my body has specific responses to specific situations based on that yeah. imprint and so what you've helped me to do for example In a session, I would lay down and breathe. We would talk Mm -hmm. about something to start the session. I would lay down and start breathing. And then I would say to you, whoa, I feel a lot of heat Mm -hmm. in my belly, or I feel a lot of tension in my right side. Or, you know, I'm just giving examples, Mm -hmm. but like I think I said to you one time, like my right side feels heavier Mm -hmm. than my left side. And so then we can have a conversation about like, well, what is what might that be speaking to you, or what might it be saying to you? And it almost like gives you this access point or entry point to insight mm-hmm. about yourself that you wouldn't have through just words or just the act of talking or the act of writing. So I think it like it opens up this whole insight into yourself that wouldn't be
0: there otherwise. And I completely agree with you. I And I'll, I'll even rephrase that a little to say, I actually do think it's there. Otherwise, it's really just that we've been given this gift of a tool to see it right so mm-hmm. to to know it to name it to claim it and when you bring it to consciousness when you bring that to it's like we can't see our own blind spots, right? You know how sometimes your partner is like, yeah, I've known that about you for years or your best friend (laughs) is like, yeah, you've done that for a long time and you go, oh wow, it just landed. It just, I just understood it. Yeah, It's like we can't see our own blind spots and I, I really feel that breathwork supports us in pulling up those layers so that we can see them and so that we can actually move through them and you're right, it's not always conscious. It's not always things that we've been thinking about for years, which is why it can be so impactful because it allows you to come back to this authentic state, your natural state, which, you know, gets really blocked by these things that we're not always aware that these things that are, can be in our blind spots. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I also want to linger on the thing you said about feeling blocked or feeling stuck, because here's Mm -hmm. why I feel it's so important to talk to this particular audience about those words is the word stuck is a word I hear hundreds of times a week mm. on Instagram mm. from a clients I'm working with from, I mm-hmm. mean, I couldn't count the number of times, even one specific client says to me over the lifetime of a book, they'll say, I've got writer's block. I'm blocked. I'm stuck. I tried. I can't, you know, and, and so mm-hmm. i love for you to just like talk a little bit about what you don't love about that word and
0: maybe how we could re reframe it even with our writing. Absolutely. I mean, I think it, it insinuates something's wrong mm-hmm. when we say the word blocked. So to me, you know, and healers use that word a lot. I use it absolutely. It's a word that we understand when you, what it means when you say it. So I'm even still trying to remove it from my language and to understand what word feels better. But I know... That So far, the word that feels better is stuck over the word that feels blocked because to me, blocked insinuates that there's something that you have to unblock. It insinuates that there's something that needs to, an obstacle that needs to be removed in order to shine some light Mm -hmm. on something else in order to show you this truth. When that might not, maybe that's true for you, but only you know that. And so if if that is true for you, then I would prefer that you be the one to claim that about yourself and know that about yourself. But the word stuck, when I use that word for you, it's used more gently and with the knowing that sometimes as with all human beings on this planet, we feel stuck in life. You sure. know, you step in a little bit of quick stand, or you step in a little bit of mud or you hit a roadblock that you're trying to see the way around but that doesn't mean that the the road isn't there and to me stuck insinuates that there is still steps forward that we can take not only just together but you know within yourself in order to get unstuck and although you can of course get unblocked i personally have this strong feeling that it's not really that kind to do to ourselves to make ourselves feel like there's something wrong which is what the word block can insinuate. And I'll say it the same thing with, I'm sure you'd say the same thing with writing, but you know, with creativity, when we are allowing ourselves to simply be creative, if it's not writing because you feel stuck or blocked, let's say go cook, you know, you can go do another creative art form that you don't understand. And that energy will still move that experience, something will still move within you. And it probably will open up the art form that you love. And it's the same thing with breath work. If you let yourself just lay down and kind of surrender to the process, to the experience, Mm -hmm. to your breath, then something will move. And so it's not technically blocked.
1: I love that. I really love that approach. One of the things that I always tell writers is that they should use their writing as a diagnostic tool. So Mm -hmm. where we're quote unquote stuck in our writing is where we're stuck in our life. That's what I usually say. Yes, And What I mean by that and the thing I like about that approach is essentially instead of getting so frustrated that I have this writer's block or I'm stuck on this particular story, what we can know about that is this is the work that I have to do today, mm-hmm. like this is the work in front of me right now. And what I find with both the breath work and body movement like yoga and also writing and the process of self-growth and, and positive change in the world and all those things is that... There's a lot we have control over. And in some ways, the energy moves when it wants to move, you know, when Mm -hmm. it's ready. When we're ready to let it move, it moves. Mm -hmm. And so I like the idea of just having so much patience with the process and Mm -hmm. almost like gratitude and enjoyment of the work that's in front of us today, which is, you know, if you want to call that a block, it's a block. But that's it's the work that we've been given to do right this minute.
0: Absolutely. That is, I love that Allie. That is so, that's absolutely probably one of the reasons we adore each other. Cause I, <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth I and mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And, and I also, I think it's important to claim to, you know, that wherever you still, how you said that wherever you are blocked or stuck in writing is probably where you're blocked or stuck in life. And that that's just the work that you have to do today, right? Like that's where, that's, the work that you're looking at. That's your healing moment. That's your opportunity. That's what you're looking at right now. And we don't always have the answers to, to where we feel stuck. We don't always have, you know, the understanding of where we're going to be going next. We just know, okay, this is what we're looking at. I absolutely think it's about actively moving through that and taking these steps that you can to move through that, but it's not always about getting to the answers. It's letting them reveal themselves. I often tell clients that our body has all the information that it needs to know when we know it. And so if you don't know an answer or a path, it's about relinquishing the control that we have and the ego attachment that we have to that need for the answer right now, and allowing the answers to, the re- to reveal itself. Yeah, I love that.
1: And, and breathwork is such a powerful, powerful way to get there. I think yeah. writing is a powerful way too, but sometimes you mentioned, you know, if you're stuck in your writing, go cook or if you, I, that's one of the things mm-hmm. I think I love about breathwork is writing is usually my first go-to and when when I can't yeah. seem to make progress there the breathwork really really helps me to get out of my head. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. I also
1: think there's a strong connection between writing and breathwork. I'd love for you to talk about this and we can kind of just go back and forth, but you know, I know you have done a ton of writing yourself and that you're working on a book. So maybe talk a little bit about like, if you see a connection there, what is the connection and then how do the two fit together for you? Oh my, there's
0: so much of a connection. It actually like, <laughs> sometimes I, I find, you know, I don't. I don't even know if I see much of a separation. I mean, it's just different tools, really. Sure, they're just various modalities that we use to to move stuck energy, to move you know where you feel stuck in your life. And so, uh, yes, I mean the connection is is everything. I think I it comes back to this element of creativity, right? My my belief is that the when we're allowing ourselves to move to move. Energy, however, way that feels good for you. You know, yes, maybe for you it's your workout or writing or cooking. And then when we switch up those modalities, that we just get access to our guidance, to our path, to more creativity in different ways. And so for me, they absolutely go hand in hand. I mean, at the end of a breathwork session, I'll often tell clients, especially if the session, you know, it's it's a shorter session, um, and people will are having a let's say a harder time coming back into their bodies and um, are feeling maybe overwhelmed. I'll often tell people to just go grab a journal, grab a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and sit down and write about it. It's a way of processing and continuing to process all that's showing up for you. And I also think that it empowers you to explore yourself by yourself as yourself as your own healer. Mm -hmm. And so writing is I mean, it's a tool I off I'll give clients self study with my private clients, I'll often give them some self study. So something to look at within the weeks or something to explore. And a lot of it will be writing exercises and, you know, using writing to explore different sensations or explorations because I just feel that something happens when you put the pen to the paper which I know you understand and clearly your audience does when you put the pen to paper that's getting you out of your mind and that's allowing something to move you know you discover insights that you didn't always know were there so there is without a doubt a connection between the two and I really feel that they support each other so true I don't think I could do
1: one without the other, or definitely I couldn't do writing in the way that I do it. it obviously, like writing is my number one go-to and it's my sure. career and my profession and my, you know, first love and whatever. But when I think about my life before breath work and before yoga and before these other modalities, it it's one thing to write from your frontal cortex, and it's an, another thing entirely to write from the truth of who you are. You know, I mean, that's what Find Your Voice Means for me, so mm-hmm. breathwork has helped me get to that place where you know. If I think if you want to write anything that's really truly human and going to move a reader to be different, to have a transformative experience, you've got to pair it with some sort of you know, like s- spiritual practice, like breath- breathwork. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. before we jump into talking about your book, I'd love to for you to tell people a little bit about how you coach people in case they're wondering about how they can get involved. So I know you do like retreats out, you do retreats, you do workshops out at the beach here in California, you do one-on-one coaching from a distance. You've done that for me. And maybe there are others that I don't even know about.
0: Yeah, I, you know, and I'll I'll say to this too. It's interesting because hearing you say it all, say it all like that. There's so many ways that I work with people. I want to start by saying that there is really no wrong way for you to get started and for for you to dive in with the practice. There are tons of ways to start with the work, and I have free resources all the way to you know deeper dives. And really, it's because. I do believe that the work is really deeply rooted in being your own healer. As long as you have a willingness to show up and a willingness to take a look at yourself, there is going to be no right or wrong way. That said, it is definitely wrong to bre- to actively practice breath work while driving your car. So I'll, I'll state <laughs> that since we're on a podcast and we listen to a lot of podcasts while driving our car. So actively practicing the work that way is not safe. But there are tons of safe ways in order to do work. I mean, I... I work in a lot of different ways because I love the different access points for people and everybody has something that lands a little differently for them. My one-on-one coaching, which is the work I've done with you, is done virtually. So you can be anywhere in the world for that. Sign up for a private session and and we just dive into where you're feeling stuck to where you're what you're consciously saying you want to move through. And of course, along that process, usually we discover that what we want to move through may be connected to something that you know, needs to be moved through that maybe we didn't consciously know is there. And that's the one-on-one coaching. It always includes my background, which is the intuitive coaching, meditation, and breath work. Those are the three tools that I lean on in the private coaching sessions. And it's really because I see them as complementing one another most impactfully. That's the way that I'm able to make the most impact. So I I love that. We'll lean into one or the other a little bit more. Sometimes some people just need a little bit more of the intuitive work and discussion around it. Sometimes people need longer breathwork sessions or longer meditation sessions. So we'll kind of let those balance one another out. My retreats are so fun. The reason I started doing the retreats are because I just started seeing that I had all these individual clients all over the world. You know, I have Vegas, Canada, you know, they spread the the spectrum and they were feeling quite alone on their journeys. Some of my clients end up working with me for years. I have a, a couple of these clients that have been on for two or three years. And they were feeling alone with where they were and not sure of um, not just alone in spirituality, I'd say alone in their journey of self-exploration. Yeah. And so it felt really important to create a space for them to come together. So that's why I started doing my retreats, which are my in-person wild hearts, expanded wild hearts are what I call those retreats. And I do them about uh, three times, two to three times a year so that people from anywhere can come in together and, and let each other be mirrors for one another because there's so much work that happens simply in sitting in circle together. Yes, It's amazing because these people don't not necessarily always have someone in their life that they can talk about it with, or if they do, it's always nice to be able to get out of your own personal space and let a group of other people support you in your own healing. So that's the expanded wild hearts. That's why I started doing retreats. Here in LA, I do do a lot of workshops. So those are always wonderful ways to jump to jump on in. I have a virtual group of workshop on Fridays. So people can join. Awesome, That's great. I'm wondering what you would say to someone who's
1: kind of like, this feels like I maybe could dip my toe in the water, but that's about as far as I want to go right now. Mm-hmm. If, if you have a free resource that's like, uh, or a resource they could download that could give them a taste.
0: Absolutely. There's a resource on my website that's an audio of me guiding them. I think it's eighteen dollars, so it's mm-hmm. very minimal investment. It's like a lunch meal in LA. Yeah. <laughs> so you can you can download the the audio. You can purchase the audio and download it and do it, practice it on your own. I'd say that is yeah, that's par- that's a great way for someone who might feel a little skeptical. I'd also say it is important for the people that do that for them to feel you know empowered and safe. Mm. Some people are skeptical because they don't know if they feel comfortable diving in alone. So that resource is probably not for you if you don't know how you feel about diving in alone. But it definitely is for you if you're like, okay, let's give this a try. And and I you know, want to engage with this passively without reaching out individually. Yeah, it's an audio of my voice guiding you through breathwork through a whole session. It's on there and there's going to be more. Actually, I just had a few more mixed. So there'll be even more meditations coming out in my shop available for that kind of interaction and engagement this year. I'd also say it really is, to those people, it really is about having a willingness to explore Mm -hmm. and to push your comfort zone. And not to push your comfort zone to a way of like, I need to listen to somebody else because they told me to. It's if you're feeling intrigued but unsure, then there is something in that that you're you're feeling a call to, but it's okay. It's okay to be a little scared. It is a little scary to make a change. And it is scary to not know what you're stepping into. And that to me is, you know, I just I to those people, I really just want to say it's okay that you feel that way. No one needs to convince you otherwise. But if there is a willingness to explore, reach out and, and see if you know, you can let yourself be supported in any way. And then you can make those decisions for yourself. This is for me, this isn't. But it definitely requires this if you're feeling called to it, a bit of a willingness to work through that resistance and and your comfort zone.
1: I mean, I think you're touching on something so important, which is that the act of finding your voice is, I actually don't love using the word fear for it, but there is like this, Anxious kind of quickening mm-hmm. around the whatever act we take to speak our truth and and show ourselves to the world is incredibly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And no matter how we do that, it can be a little, it can feel a little bit like fear at least. And oh, I don't yeah. remember how vividly you remember this. It was felt like a big moment for me. But we were both speaking at the same conference together. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time for me that I had ever talked about my ex-husband. And mm-hmm what our marriage had been like in front of a crowd like that. I had written a whole book about it
0: Mm. and I had
1: worked through a lot of the, the trauma of the experience through the writing process. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, and I think this happens to us sometimes is we feel like, you know, this is like what I was mentioning before about how these imprints are buried in our subconscious. So we don't think about them consciously on a daily basis. And when I was prepping for this speech, I was like, I'm so ready for this. Mm -hmm. Like I've written a whole book about it and it's, you know, it's time to talk about it publicly, and I felt really confident going into the week. And then, like two minutes before I went on stage, mm-hmm. I think I like grabbed your arm. You were standing right there. You had done a, a breathing exercise with the whole group, and you know, I had you and I had just met that morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like looked at you and was just like, "Help!" <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "Let's go breathe."
0: Mm-hmm. And then you
1: walked me through a breathing exercise right before I went on stage that really helped to calm my nervous system.
0: Mm.
1: And I was totally sold from that, that moment. But I think why I'm telling that story is, you know, there are so many parallels between the act of writing your story or whether you're getting on a stage to tell your story or whether you're feeling invited into some sort of spiritual journey or a transformative journey. It can all have that same feeling that I had. You can be like, I'm great, I'm fine, things are good. Mm. And then two minutes before it's time to go, you're like, Holy.
0: Yeah. Holy <laughs> yeah. <hell. laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yes, I definitely remember that. So think about that moment. You were willing to turn around and say to practically a stranger that yes, we had connected, but we had met that morning and say, <laughs> you know, I, I need, I need some help. Are you, can you yeah. help me? And you, it was this, it's a willingness. You recognized the feelings as, Yes, maybe it was fear. Maybe it was anxiety. Maybe whatever it was, you recognize it as I feel this, but this isn't, this is not me. This isn't going to own me. Yeah. And I'm not taking this. I'm not giving this a voice on this stage. And, and so you really had this willingness to reach out and to push that comfort zone. That's the reason that that was able to be impactful for you. You know, yes, I'm aware as, as a teacher. You can't have that. You couldn't have had that experience without me, but you also couldn't have had that experience mm. without you. Yeah, and that willingness, and and I think that that's a really that is a beautiful story because it's an important reminder. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this, but go for it. Resistance, resistance can be a bitch. <laughs> like, right? Like it's this reality, like the resistance to change to move through that. You had done so much work on it, and still, right mm. before this big moment it shows up because resistance is like, are you sure? Are you sure sure you want to let this go? Like, I mean, resistance can be a bitch and we have to, if we're willing to push our comfort zone and we're willing to change and to grow and to evolve, then absolutely you can. Absolutely.
1: And I feel like this is such a great way to (laughs) transition into talking about your book because this takes us full circle back to the conversation about being stuck, that those Mm -hmm. points of resistance actually show us that we're moving the right direction. It's Mm -hmm. like, ding, 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 like you're doing the right thing. Cause there would be no reason to feel the overwhelm if it wasn't, if this experience wasn't going to be transformative for me and if it wasn't mm-hmm. the path. So yeah, I really love that. I, I just, I want to kind of like end on that note and then transition into talking about writing. Cause I think mm-hmm. there's something powerful about leaning into the stuckness or the resistance.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Let's talk about your book, you know, fast forward a year or so, and you and I had done some breath work together, stayed in contact, been friends, met for lunch a few times. And you reached out to me and you were like, I am working on this book and I have a bunch (laughs) of questions. Can we talk? And I still remember I was in, I was at my sister's house in Portland. I remember circling the block at her house, talking to you about your book for an hour or so. Um, And what I remember from that conversation was like all the things that I hear all authors say about the book writing process regardless of who they are or what's you know stage in the process they're in which is like this is incredibly vulnerable and i don't know what i'm doing and mm-hmm. i'd love for you to just talk a little bit about like what made you want to write this book and what's been hard about the process and what's been
0: great about it Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. And thank goodness for that conversation. And this still feels very vulnerable and raw. So this is really fascinating because this is still a, a clearly a place where I am finding more and more of my voice mm. that, you know, I don't even know if I'd use those words to describe it yet. It feels, yeah, that's what's happening, you know writing for me has i've always been a writer i never called myself a writer back you know a decade ago thought that you had to be published in order to be a writer mm-hmm. that wonderful story that i'm sure you hear a thousand times and i hear a thousand times with clients oh i'm not creative i can't do that or this it's just not true but i understand that it feels very true yeah. because i've been through that as well so once i finally about a decade ago i did i once i started calling myself a writer i Uh, It shifted everything for me and I was able to start putting my words out there and Bigger ways. I mean, I had a blog when I was, I don't know what year was that, whenever blogging was very popular in the beginning. And I think I had like two views on it a day. And I remember, (laughs) you know, like, oh, cool, it reached two people. Like, probably
1: my mom and my sister. (laughs)
0: Yes. That's literally what I was just going to say was, yep, and it found out later it was my mom and sister. (laughs) Like, for sure. Uh, And, but you know, it was interesting because that I had just I I wrote then because I had to write. It, it, I didn't really care that it was my mom and my sister. I wrote because I had to. Mm-hmm. And then little things, opportunities started coming my way, which really I look back and I like smile if they were such a big deal, but they were. I, I started writing for online publications. I wasn't getting paid. I just started doing it because it felt like I had subjects that I needed to write about and and then that kind of just continued. I I always had said to myself, I'm, I'm going to write a book. I just didn't know what it was going to be about. And when I finally understood the subject, I'll even say the subject of it started to change. I started writing it and writing it and it was probably like six months in and then the subject started to change. And so that process for me, the writing process of it was never, well, that, I won't say it was never. I'll say it's almost never the challenge. It was. I felt a, in flow with that. I did feel, and one of this was one of the bigger challenges was when I had some major personal trauma go on in my own life. Was when I actually stopped writing and I couldn't write. Mm. The pain felt too big to write, uh, and that was for me uh, monumental in where I'm at now. Because that's when I found breath work. That's when um, I started realizing that I could move energy in different ways. Wow. And so ultimately, it's what led me back to to writing. So you know, although the writing process for me is scary and vulnerable and raw, what's been the most challenging about writing my book is listening to my intuition, which is so funny because that's what I do every day for everyone (laughs) else, right? So it's just like very comical roadblock. I hear my intuition very loud and clear. Intuition for me speaks very loudly. I, I receive it in a lot of different ways. And so I'm able to understand when it is speaking, but it's been about letting myself be guided by intuition in the process that has been hard. And it's been because I don't know anything about this process of publishing a book and I don't know anything about it. And it feels so overwhelming. There's so many pieces to know and things to learn about. And it and I've also found, although I've had a very positive experience in so far in in getting working with publishers and, and getting it out into the world i've also been very mind blown by the amount of which i've felt the the system be very closed sure. so information wasn't always very wasn't always simple or easy for me to receive which is very opposite from the work that i do and the work that i'm in so that felt like that has felt like the, one of the bigger challenges was allowing myself to surrender to this process that i'm not a part of and listen to my intuition and be, and as I'm listening to hear it, and then, and that's really the step be guided by it to know that the steps I'm taking are not going to be right or wrong. It's just going to be the steps that I took and, and I'll, i will be you know shown the the path that's right for me but sure. i'd say that those are the biggest challenges and as well as probably the most fun ones because yeah. it's taken me into a deeper you know learning of myself and and what i'm here to do so if that makes any sense it makes tons
1: of sense i mean yeah. i talk about all the time how the person the first person who will change when you write your book as you, the process mm-hmm. of writing a book is so transformative. And I don't know that I had ever thought to lump into that mix, the process of publishing a book and dealing with publishers, but that's also true too. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, like with anything, it's a new thing that you're navigating. And so, with that newness comes a lot of feelings of surrender and vulnerability and all the stuff that you're Mm -hmm. talking about. And, and also those experiences are always deeply transformative for us as as human beings. Mm -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm. I'm
1: wondering if you can list out for, I'm I'm doing this on purpose because I know that the questions that you've asked about the publishing process are going to be the same questions that people who are listening have asked. Like what are some Mm -hmm. of the questions you've asked along the way? Some of the questions that were burning on your mind that day you called me
0: Mm. I mean, one of the biggest questions for me was, do I need an agent? Mm. You know, I had a very non-traditional path that led me to a publisher first. So I actually worked directly with a publishing house and received an offer. And that was a very, because I've never done this before, I didn't know any other way. Right. So do I, do I need an agent was one of the biggest burning questions and why? right and and understanding how I felt about that when I did ask that question and got information, how did I feel about that? what felt right for me? That was definitely a burning a burning piece and then I'll also say feeling I can't remember how I asked this question, but the it was around this feeling of obviously the work that I do is is spiritual and the and that's what my book is about. My book is about the spirituality and using breathwork and Using your breath and your intuition to heal, to heal yeah. from the inside of your body all the way out. And in that process, it's really important to me that people also believe in the work that I'm doing. And I don't necessarily need everybody to have taken classes with me, but I would love to know that it's understood and that it's not, I'm not, you know, just speaking to a white wall around the subject. So talking to you and talking through that as to how to make sure that, you know, whether it's the team of people that I bring on board or, you know, the people that I talk to, how do I make sure that I feel like my voice is really heard, deeply heard in, in the process. And I don't remember exactly how I asked it, but that, that still feels like something that I hold in really high regard and that's very important to me. So I'm sure that's something that some writers also feel about. Your book is your baby, right? Totally. And when you work with a publisher, there are two different paths you can
1: take. You can take the self-publishing path, which is, you know, a conversation in itself, but when you take the path where you're working with a publisher, now this project becomes collaborative. And mm-hmm. it's really true that you you have now you have your agent working on the project, you have your editor at the mm-hmm your acquisitions editor at the publishing house. And then also sometimes, sometimes your acquisitions editor is the editor that edits your manuscript and sometimes they're not. So you might have another editor on the project with you. And then you also have your creative team that does cover design and interior layout. And there are all these choices that have to be made about this thing that you, you know, it's imprinted on your soul and you care so much about it more than anyone else. And you're having to enter into this collaborative process. So I think it's a really important Question to be asking and priority to hold high that the people who are on your team actually, you know, believe in the products that you're selling and aren't trying yeah. to. Because I think what you were getting at a minute ago is that what will oftentimes happen publishing is a business and they want to sell a product. And they sometimes, a publisher will sometimes have an idea in their mind of what they want a book to be. And they'll find an author who will write that book for them. And I'm, I'm overstating that a little bit to, to make a point. But but basically, like, you know, if a publisher had an idea that like, we really want a book about breathwork, uh, let's find mm-hmm. this, this girl who will write it for us. We think the market is really asking for a book like this. Then you can run into the sticking point of them having a really clear expectation of what they want the book to be and not allowing it to evolve in the way that you talked about where
0: yes, the content yes.
1: changes over time. And, you know, you're tr- getting to trust your own intuition about that.
0: Yeah. And that actually, and it brings up a really powerful point about using your voice, right? Because that was, I have worked really deeply for years with self-love and of course, I have more layers to go, but a lot of that work has allowed me to feel very comfortable and confident in the ways in which I use my voice. Mm. But this was a new way, right? So it was a new way for me to use my voice. I felt completely fine to be able to come forward and say, Oh that's not the book that I'm looking to write. This is what I'd like to write. But of course you do have the understanding, you know, the of the vulnerability behind making that claim and using the voice your voice in that. So that's why for me it comes back to listening, you know, listening to intuition. Listening to your intuition takes courage. Mm-hmm. We can all listen. We can all listen to it and then it's listening how do I want to bring that into action? You know, what does that that mean to me? So it really is it does really come down to using your voice with a way that feels really good and strong and and empowered for you.
1: So good. Jenna, I we have to start wrapping up because we're out of time, but this conversation has been so lovely. I always love catching up with you. And I know our listeners are going to get so much from the wisdom that you shared today. One of the last questions or the last question I like to ask always has to do with what we believe about the power of words to create positive change in the world. So I'm curious if you had to mm. put into words into one sentence what you want people to remember about you when you're gone or what you want your legacy to be how would you say that
0: mm. I wish I like put more intention behind this like let me just say it the way that it's showing up perfect I would love to know that I'm able to help people trust in the love in the world in a deeper way you know that I left the world a better place that I left people inspired and motivated to heal, to move beyond their stories, their pain. You know, that I helped people choose in love and choose to trust in love, to choose to trust in the power of their own authentic way of being and what their big, beautiful heart holds. And that that is more than enough And so if I could help people see that and feel that if part of my legacy was creating a ripple effect of healing across the world and in, in allowing for, for more people to choose and love, I will look upon the world from my soul spirit (laughs) self and smile. (laughs) I
1: love that. Well, I think you're already doing that. You've definitely done that for me. And I know you're doing it for way more people than just me. So, And, and you've done that for our oh, listeners today you. too. So thank you so much for your time. I'm really grateful. I think the world of you and um, we'll talk soon, I'm sure.
0: Right back at you, Miss Allie.
1: Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.